up? It's the rant. My name is Jeff Ragliff, and it is Friday, October 29th, week eight, in full swing. And we're going to dive into all of the matchups remaining on this week's slate here. A lot of interesting matchups, a lot of moving pieces on the injury front, which I'll get into for each of these games. Uh, but here we go. Let's dive right into it. We will kick things off. With Carolina and Atlanta, on the Carolina side, I mean, Sam Darnold after a reasonably good start, and it was a fantasy good start. Let's put this into perspective. He had four freaking rushing touchdowns in two games, but he was a top 10 fantasy quarterback over the first four weeks of the season. Over the last three weeks of the season, he has been outscored by 28 quarterbacks, including Justin Fields and Davis Mills, who, by the way, will be starting this week. That is ugly. I mean, the matchup looks good for Darnold, but I just don't trust him. Uh, Really, I'm only trusting DJ Moore and Shuba Hubbard as an RB, too. I know it wasn't great last week, but he's going to touch the ball a ton and is in a good spot here against this Atlanta defense. Not terrible uh, by any means. On the other side, Matt Ryan, kind of the opposite of Darnold, looked really bad over the first month of the season. has trended up over his last two starts here, 21 fantasy points per game. That's solid. Average depth of target is increasing 8.3 yards downfield now. And he's pass heavy, man. 40.7 passing attempts per game this season. That's third in the league. So he's trending up. I'm confident using him as a streamer this week. I would love to see him pass the ball a little bit deeper to Calvin Ridley, but I'm still going to use him. Obviously, Kyle Pitts. And uh, how about Cordero Patterson, the number one running back here for the Falcons, just as we drew it up? (laughs) 16 rushing attempts last week. But it's the play overall. 4.7 yards after contact per attempt. That's elite. Now, I don't think it's sustainable, but at the same time, it shows you where the play is. Now, this is a tough matchup. Carolina is the worst fantasy matchup for running backs, but I don't care with Cordero Patterson. Miami and Buffalo. Tua has been on fire over his last two games, 620 passing yards. Six scores through the air. Only Burrow and Stafford have more fantasy points during the last two weeks. But, of course, that came against the Jags and the Falcons. Top 10 uh, matchups there, so favorable matchups. This week, not so much against Buffalo. In fact, terrible matchup. The Bills are the lone defense to allow under one passing score per game on the season. Not the week to roll with Tua. Not the week to roll with uh, Miles Gaskin either. No Malcolm Brown is good for Gaskin's potential workload, but it's the Bills, and they are also a brutal matchup for Running backs on the other side, Josh Allen, sure. Stephon Diggs, sure. Emmanuel Sanders, wide receiver three, sure. No Dawson Knox, but what about Zach Moss? Now, I do have him as a backhand RB2, but I should note, last time we saw this team, well, Singletary and Moss split touches. They basically split snaps, and Moss has not been effective this season. 2.13 yards after contact per attempt. That's among the lowest in the league, so just be careful with your expectations for Moss. San Francisco and the Bears, uh, it's pretty straightforward in terms of who we're playing, but I did want to key in on Jimmy Garoppolo, not using him outside of two quarterback leagues. He has been a dink and dunk artist this season, average depth of target of just 6.9. And you know what? That's actually a yard and a half lower than Trey Lance. Now, Trey Lance hasn't been used as much, but still, it's telling. Garoppolo also turnover-worthy throw on 6.9% of his throws, uh, only 6.3 for Lance. Neither one of them is a good number, but it just shows you the, the writing's on the wall here. His days are numbered. 
So just keep that in mind. If I don't have a top 10 fantasy option, I'm still stashing Trey Lance. I uh, love, uh, obviously, Devo Samuel here. And Elijah Mitchell is a top 20 fantasy option. That's it. On the other side, really only Khalil Herbert. And he blew by Damian Williams last week, 23-4 to four in terms of touches. So Khalil Herbert's an RB2 play. Outside of that, I don't want any piece of anything here uh, in that contest. Pittsburgh and Cleveland. Uh, obviously, Deontay Johnson, Chase Claypool, Najee Harris. And Najee Harris, this is not a favorable matchup. Cleveland, 3.67 yards per carry allowed to opposing running backs, but he's touching the ball a ton, a buttload, as I like to say. That's my technical term there. 22.7 touches per game, so he's just fine as a top 12 option. And Nick Chubb is on track to get back on the field. I don't have a practice report for today in front of me just yet, but limited both days. 4.4 yards after contact per attempt this season. Seven runs of 15-plus. He's a stud. And I would say don't go creating conspiracy theories when you don't need to. Dearness Johnson moves to a basically a handcuff role. He's not going to play a Kareem Hunt role because he isn't Kareem Hunt. I mean, we should state the obvious here. Why, why do the, the Browns use Kareem Hunt like that? Not because they want to use a running back like that, because they have Kareem Hunt. <laughs> they they have Nick Chubb and Kareem Hunt. You're going to use both of them. Darnus Johnson is not Kareem Hunt. So uh, while he has value, he certainly has value. He's not in consideration as a starter this week. Moving on, Philly and Detroit. Miles Sanders going to injured reserve right before the show. So yeah, not, not a huge shocker there. Uh, we, we are going to see a committee when he's not on the field. That committee is going to consist of, well, it'll be Kenny Gainwell, it'll be Boston Scott, and yeah, it will be Jordan Howard. He actually was elevated from the practice squad earlier this week. I wasn't sure if that move actually happened, but it did happen. So it's official. He, he'll be on the field. Now, he's not usable for fantasy purposes. Gainwell is really the only appealing option and only appealing because of his ability in the passing game. Otherwise, Jalen Hurts, I mean, hey, <laughs> it's not good on the field, but it's great for fantasy, so just keep using him. Devontae Smith, a wide receiver three play. He is, I mentioned this on the pod yesterday, he's 13th in catchable air yards. So I'm just going to keep rolling. Uh, Dallas Goddard is an elite play uh, this week. And so is TJ Hawkinson, for that matter, a tight end. Uh, he has 20 targets over the last two weeks, so chill with the uh, TJ Hawkinson fear and loathing. Uh, DeAndre Swift, also a very strong play. Philly allowing 4.46 yards per carry to opposing backfields. We know the upside in the passing game. And Jamal Williams is banged up, although I think he plays here. All right, take a quick break. We're going to come back. Tennessee Indy. Love these rivalry games. Of course, the Colts and Titans have a little bit of a rivalry going on. The Colts have done a nice job against the run this year. 86 rushing yards per game allowed to opposing backfields. But who cares? It's Derrick Henry, and you can't keep a good man down. We'll only get a couple Derrick Dilemma games during the course of the season. I do not think this is one of them. Uh, here is the um, the life cycle of, of fantasy football, I guess. Ryan Tannehill sucks. Ryan Tannehill isn't getting it done. Ryan Tannehill, should I drop him? Ryan Tannehill's amazing! He's Ryan Tannehill. He's a front-end quarterback, too. Okay, He had a good game last week, as he should have against a very bad Chiefs defense. 
I have him at quarterback 14 this week. Not over, you know, over the moon here. I do have him a spot ahead of Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz has two passing scores in each of his last four games. He's a streamer option if your waiver wire is picked over. Otherwise, it's pretty straightforward. One notable exception, I will say this. If T.Y. gets back, that does put a little bit of a damper on Michael Pittman. I have him as a back-end wide receiver, two now. He'll be more of a wide receiver, three, because, you know, T.Y. is going to see some targets. Cincinnati and the Jets. Again, you know, what have you done for me lately? Everybody loves Joe Burrow lately. I'm not quite there yet. I do have him as a top 10 play this week, but keep in mind the Jets' secondary is not that bad. They're only allowing one passing score per game. Part of that is because their run defense is not very good as well. So just be careful with Joe Burrow this week. Uh, You're not getting too crazy with him just yet. Now, if he goes out and puts up another monster performance and just continues to roll, we're going to have to keep adjusting. But I don't like to make dramatic adjustments week to week. I like to, you know, it's 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 a process. And we're making progress as we move along during the course of the season in terms of our evaluations. We're not having these dramatic leaps of like, oh my God, Joe Burrow is quarterback one. That's an overreaction. Sure, he looked good last week. A very encouraging game. But we're not quite there just yet as an every week guy. He's right on the edge, though, of that top 10 territory. So anyway, if you have Burrow, you're not in a bad spot. And um, of course, if you have Joe Mixon, you're in a great spot. The Jets, 114 rushing yards per game, 1.7 rushing scores per game to opposing backfield. Yeah, that's enough to get excited about. I have Joe Mixon in a key home league. So hopefully we don't see a ton of Samaj P. Ryan, although I do think we see some. On the other side, really, the only player I'm using as a flex is Michael Carter. We're going to have Mike White under center. And I'm not worried about Ty Johnson here. So Carter and Johnson, there's almost no comparison. Johnson has been lackluster, especially as a runner this season. Four force missed tackles. Carter has four times as much. He has 16. Carter's averaging 2.95 yards after contact per attempt. 2.1 for Johnson. Johnson, not, not a threat. Carter is the flex option, and, and he's going to continue to be going forward here. Rams, Houston. Um, but I mean, Rams is straightforward. We we are starting him if we have them, right? With the exception, I'm not going to roll Van Jefferson out there, but everybody else with a lot of confidence. Um, as far as the other side, uh, David Johnson. Well, is there really a lot of appeal to David Johnson? No. I mean, yes, he's going to be the lead back. Let's get that out of the way. But I only have him at RB36 this week. Why? Because he's David Johnson at this point in his career. It's not David Johnson from four years ago. And, you know, so he's already shown signs of decline. He is on one of the worst, if not the worst, offenses in the league. I get it. You may, beggars can't be choosers. You may have to use him. But this type of player is not the player fantasy championships are made of. All right. On to New England and the Chargers. The big news here. Austin Eckler popping up on that injury report and a DNP at that on Thursday after not even being listed on a Wednesday. That's not a good sign, usually. Now, I do not, as of this recording, have a Friday practice report for the Chargers. He's really the only player of note on that practice report, too, by the way. But here's what I will say. If you see DNP again, he is very much on the wrong side of questionable. If you see limited, he'll be on the right side of questionable. I highly doubt it'll be a full practice. If Eckler doesn't go, what do you do? Well, your answer probably is not in this backfield because I would expect a full-blown split, Joshua Kelly and Justin Jackson. 
Jackson has the passing down back. Kelly has the early down back. And neither one of them is anything better than a kind of desperation flex play in this matchup. Really, it's all about Herbert, who, by the way, had his worst performance, I would say, last year against the Patriots. Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, and uh, maybe Jared Cook. On the other side, revenge, Hunter Henry <laughs> as a top 10 guy. Never, It won't ever get old for me, that stupid joke right there. Uh, Damian Harris, though. Okay, double-edged sword, right? Because, hey, this matchup, great. Great it is. Opposing backfields averaging 5.29 yards per carry, 1.3 rushing scores per game against the Chargers. But the Patriots don't figure to play from the lead. Now, don't do the conspiracy theory thing again. And, oh, Brandon Bolden. Should I play Brandon Bolden? Because, Jeff, the way I see it is the game script. Mm, Let's not get that far out over our skis, all right? It's still Harris is still the lead back, regardless of the game script here. He's an RB2 play, but, you know, make sure your expectations are in the right place. Bolton is more of a flex option in that uh, James White role in that offense. That's about all I'm willing to roll with in this game. Jacksonville, Seattle. I mean, Seattle has been so friendly to opposing backfields. I mean, this is a straightforward game. Play the running back, right? Play James Robinson. Play Marvin Jones. Maybe stream Trevor Lawrence. On the other side, play DK Metcalf, uh, Alex Collins, I'll talk about him in a second, and maybe Tyler Lockett, I know you don't want to, but I saw him as a wide receiver three because it is a favorable matchup, but it's such a nice matchup for James Robinson. Now, Alex Collins, he did miss practice yesterday, but that probably is a maintenance miss, not a, oh crap, this guy's really hurt, miss practice, so keep that in mind. Now, I'm using him as a back-end RB2. I have not cut Rashad Penny in some leagues because I'm still willing to give him the benefit of the doubt. But if we see another game where Penny's barely used and it's all Alex Collins, we may be to the point where we could cut him loose. Just saying. I'm not remotely close to using Penny this week. Washington and Denver. All right. I know people are panicking like crazy over Antonio Gibson. I don't think you should be. And I'll tell you, here's why. Over the last three weeks, touches for Antonio Gibson, 50. Touches for J.D. McKissick, 27. He's also outscored him 35.2 to 30.3. I know he didn't get it done for you last week. I know it's a what-have-you-done-for-me-lately game, but the reality is he's still seeing plenty of volume, and there's more than enough meat on the bone for him to be an RB2. RB22 is where I have him ranked, RB33 for J.D. McKissick. It is a tough matchup, though. Denver is the seventh-worst matchup for running backs, although backs do average 4.3 yards per carry against the Broncos, so I'm still rolling here with him. Uh, Denver is a tough matchup for the passing game, not a week to use Taylor Heineke. So really, we're only using McLaurin and Ricky Seals-Jones, and I don't even really love Ricky Seals-Jones this week. On the other side, kind of the exact opposite, right? The passing matchup is pretty good for Teddy. He gets Jerry Judy back. So Teddy could be a streamer. 2.7 passing scores per game is what they're allowing. So it's a nice spot here for Teddy. Uh, I did want to do a quick comparison between Javante Williams and Melvin Gordon. Williams... 3.79 yards after contact per attempt. Gordon, 2.65. Williams, borderline elite in that number. Gordon, just so-so. Gordon is touching the ball more, but I do think this is a matter of time. The writing is on the wall before Javante Williams takes over in this backfield. I would get ready for that. I know you can't use him as anything more than really uh, somewhat of an inconsistent flex option, but man, I love the juice with this kid. Tampa, New Orleans, two of the best run defenses in the NFL facing each other. Tampa allowing 50.9 rushing yards per game to backfields. 
New Orleans 55.5. So it's bad across the board. Now let's talk about Kamara. He was averaging 23.2 touches per game. That's not sustainable. So it makes sense why they brought in Mark Ingram. It also may be, you know, I, I would look for Taysom Hill to potentially go to injured reserve. It wouldn't surprise me. But Ingram, if anything, actually helps Kamara. Kamara stays as an elite option. He's going to be used more in the passing game than he had previous to now. But, you know, at the same time, he's going to be a little bit more fresh. He's going to be, you know, it, it helps. Fresher, as as I probably should have said. That that helps. So no worries there. Ingram's not usable. Uh, nobody else really is usable for New Orleans. We're using the usable, usual, usual usable suspects <laughs> for Tampa. Uh, Tom Brady, tough matchup, but... I'm not moving away from me. Should get Gronk back here. I moved Fournette down into RB two territory because of the tough matchup, but that's about it. I got breaking news. That's why I sort of stumbled over my words. There. Blah 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 blah. But we're gonna keep it in. We don't edit here. Breaking news: Robert Tunyon, as was feared, is a torn ACL from last night. That stinks. That's annoying. I feel for him. Best of uh, luck to him in his recovery uh, there from that injury. All right, Dallas, Minnesota, another injury impacting the landscape. Dak Prescott looking very iffy here. We don't know quite yet if he's going to go. I don't know if the, I hope this is not a game time decision because that will really only leave us the option of Cooper Rush in two quarterback leagues because Daniel Jones is not going to be out there. Obviously, Mahomes is not, and obviously, uh, neither is Kirk Cousins. So there you go with that. It could be Cooper Rush. If it's Rush, it's not good. C.D. Lamb moves down to wide receiver two territory. Amari Cooper to wide receiver three. Uh, Lamb is a top 10 guy for me. I have Cooper at 17 right now with Dak. Dalton Schultz will become more of a streamer there as well. So it is a mess of a situation uh, that certainly we don't love if, uh, if no Dak. Not optimal. <laughs> Yikes. So we'll keep an eye on that one. The nice thing is I don't think it, it impacts the run game whatsoever. So I'm still just as bullish on uh, Zeke and Tony Pollard. Tony Pollard could be flexed out this week. Zeke is a top 10 play. Kirk Cousins is going to throw the ball a lot regardless. He has 39.8 passing attempts per game. Dallas facing 38.0 passing attempts per game. So, yeah, get out the abacus. Uh, yeah, he's going to throw the ball a lot. So he's a top 10 play for me this week. Jefferson, we talked about it yesterday. I don't, I don't care. It's tough for DFS, but I'm using him in season long no matter what. And Dal Cook is a stud. Giants and Kansas City to round it out. Ah, Daniel Jones. Daniel Jones could be, in theory, a strong play this week. But in practice, he is a very volatile play. We know that. So it's it depends on how much you want to risk. I have him at quarterback 11. The matchup is good. Yes, it is. But it's Daniel Jones. Now, he should have Sterling Shepard back. He looks like he could have Kenny Galladay back, and there's an outside chance of also having Kadarius Toney back. That will help the cause against that defense especially. Maybe, just maybe, he also has Saquon Barkley back, so that will all help. But, you know, hey, we're going to have to wait and see what the practice reports say. On the other side, I'm taking last week as a blip on the radar in terms of Patrick Mahomes and company, and and really that even includes Daryl Williams. He has no competition for touches. The Giants allow him 4.56 yards per carry to opposing running backs, so I'm, I'm fine with him as an RB2 this, this week. All right, there you go. That's the entire week broken down for you. If you want the uh, article, which is called The Report, you can get that over at 
FTNFantasy.com. Use a promo code RATPACK. Get yourself a discount. Get behind the paywall over there. Otherwise, follow along with me at Jeff Radcliffe on Twitter, at Jeff Radcliffe on Instagram. Have a happy Halloween. Enjoy it. Halloween on a football Sunday. I love that right there. Enjoy your IPA Friday. And if you are a listener of the SiriusXM show that I happen to host, enjoy Ladies Night. I'll catch you on the flip side for another edition of the pod. I'm Jeff Ratcliffe, and I'm out.